Welcome. We now join Fred Kuhn and his guest. Welcome, everybody. We have a wonderful show today and some excellent qualified guests to speak on this really interesting subject. How should CEOs deal with boards of directors? Our guests today are Don Russell and Doug Lynn. Don is a partner with Clearwater Business Advisors, and he has an incredible background. He's orchestrated $7 billion in transactions, primarily with cable television, media, telecommunications. Uh, He has an extensive background successfully preparing organizations and leaders for investment and growth as an an expert in creating compelling message for potential investors. Likewise, Doug, Doug Lind, Dr. Doug Lind, is a seasoned management consultant and has been at this for many years. He has had clients from some of the largest industrial companies, financial service enterprises, retail companies, professional service firms, all the way from startups to private equity. He is known for his ability to link strategy, corporate purpose, and organizational mission with the growth of the individual being coached. So you can take a look at their biographies on our website, WorkplaceStrategies.com, the U.S. at Work podcast series. And let's get right to it. Guys, welcome to the show. Morning. Thank you very much. Uh, You're very welcome. Glad to have you here. Don, can I start with you? And talk about CEOs and the difficulty and the the tightrope they walk in managing their boards of directors. Well, it's a, it's a very interesting situation when, in most cases, the CEO has actually been hired by the board of directors. And so, if you're brought into an established firm, the company's been up and going, and you step in, you're talking to your bosses as well as to your advisors. And so that creates a tightrope that one needs to manage very well. I think some of the key areas there are to be sure that one is open and honest and not hiding things from them and to be able to disclose as much information as soon as possible to them. And Creating that trust environment with them is really one of the key essential initial things that one needs to do. Let me switch over to you, Doug Lind. Speaking of trust, you have a board of directors. How would you go about building trust with that board of directors? Well, my personal opinion is that it's, a, it's really labor intensive if you're going to do it well. And what I mean by that is that you really need to get to know them personally as well as as professionally so that you have an understanding of what it is that brought them onto that board, what it is that that really matters to them, what they care about, what are the important hot buttons for them. And too many CEOs that I've advised don't spend enough time on that, which is understandable because they're already too busy. But it's absolutely essential because as Don was saying, trust is, is everything. And if there are a lot of surprises or a lot of things that you are proposing to them, not understanding how they think as business people, you're in a lot of danger. How do you facilitate that kind of communication, Doug? How would you approach that? Well, the first thing to look at is the fact that with the complexity of most businesses in this day and age and the complexity of the marketplace, you find yourself 
in a situation where each of your directors or trustees is desperately trying to know enough about your business so that they can exercise their fiduciary responsibility. And therefore, you really have to work with your senior management team to find a way to give them a Uh, an in-depth picture of what the business is doing without crossing the line between governance and management, meaning the temptation of of board members to get in the weeds and get involved in management decisions, which are not their purview, but staying on subjects of uh, strategy and succession and capital budgeting and the like. So with your communications person, who, by the way, I think should be joined at your hip, as a CEO and your chief financial officer, you really need to, to be spending time on a communication plan for the, for the board, which begins with how you onboard board members, bring them on as directors, but then on a regular basis, it's really giving them a sense that they're seeing underneath the covers without inviting them to meddle in places where they shouldn't meddle. Doug, thank you. Don Russell, let's go back to a basic question, and that is the board of directors' responsibilities. What are they, and who should be on a board? Well, it's always an interesting question, and and so much of the answer really depends upon the size and the maturity of the company that's involved. In more entrepreneurial, younger-oriented companies, it's not at all unusual to pick your board of directors with some degree of functionality in mind in their background. So that one might have a marketing person on your board, a finance person, an accounting person, an operations person, somebody with broad industry knowledge, maybe regulatory understanding coming from government. So it's helpful to have all of the bases covered on your board of directors that the company is going to encounter and be actively engaged in to get the right kind of perspectives from them and be able to view the business in its totality. The function of the board, as Doug was saying just a moment ago, is really to be able to plan for the succession within the management and to look at the long-term aspects of the company to ensure that everything is being done in the proper way and with the proper planning and totally above board to represent the interests of the various shareholders and stakeholders in the company, including the employees and and customers and, and everyone who's involved in the company and really to be fiduciaries for all those different audiences. Let's take this another direction related to that question. And and the direction that I want to take is I read some somewhere the other day. The majority of the boards are men. They're aging out and they're having difficulty finding replacements. What's your experience? Because you all work with boards of directors every day. What's your experience there? Well it seems to me, this is Doug, that the number of of women on boards is is certainly growing. I think the struggles are are twofold there. One is that it is still true, particularly of large public company boards, that as much as possible, they're looking for people with with deep general management 
experience, meaning chief executive officers, chief operating officers, CFOs, maybe group execs in very large corporations or division presidents in very large corporations, and then very senior people out of the professional service firms, accounting firms, and law firms. And women are still rising to the top in those organizations as well. So that I think every few years when you've got a few more women with CEO experience and a few more with other senior management experience, it's going to get easier to to recruit. I think I think on the other side of it, from a personal risk management standpoint, a lot of people are reluctant to go on boards these days just because of the personal exposure that they may be under, even with directors and officers insurance. So I think it is changing. That doesn't seem to cover it. The officer's insurance doesn't seem to cover it. No, no. To tell you the truth, I don't know the real answer to that. I just know the exposure that that directors talk to me about on boards to whom I'm giving counsel. I I think it's twofold. One is the dollar risk, and much of that can be ameliorated with D&O insurance. On the other hand, there's also the reputational risk. And when you have crises that occur and one never knows which direction it's going to come from, who may be involved and all of those kinds of things, and there are so many things outside of one's control, you try to choose the best people, but could someone commit fraud? You try to provide great products, but you know an, air, an airplane crashes. You just look at all of these things, and when you're on the board of a company and all of these things are occurring, do you want to take the risk of having your reputation tarnished with, frankly, not really being in a position to uh, have affected that directly and, and be, you know, you're taking on responsibility for lots of other people. And some people are willing to do that and others are not. Thank you, Don Russell. Doug Lind, I'd like to go back to you to follow on Don's statement about a healthy uh, board. And you have all of these different players from all of these different fields, all with different interests and ideas. How do you keep that board healthy? What is a healthy board, and how is that maintained? That'll be our last question for today. Okay, two, two things about it. The first is that as the, as the chair of the board, one has huge responsibility to create alignment of thinking, and that's a that that's a skill to in other words that's not about votes that the board takes that's about sharing a vision and sharing a a confidence in a strategy so the the first thing really relates to that that's an essential role of a ceo particularly if you're chair and ceo both but even if you're ceo and there's a lead director together then you really need to be working on that alignment and then the next thing is to, to create accountability. And the way you do that is you, you make co- covenant. And by a covenant, I mean an agreement that's a two-way agreement between the CEO and the directors on the board about what the roles and responsibilities are for each side of that equation, which means it's not just about how you evaluate the performance of the CEO. How do you evaluate the performance of, of the board? 
both the board as a as an entity and the board as a collection of individuals. And more and more, even com- com- public company boards are doing evaluations of uh, both of their performance as a board together and their and the individual performance of of individual directors. The more that that happens, the more effective the board becomes. Quite a discussion, and I know we could spend hours on this, as you do with your clients. But folks, we have been speaking with Don Russell and Doug Lind. They are both with Clearwater Business Advisors and experts in their own fields and their own rights. Don, Doug, thank you so much for being part of the show today. And if anybody wants to see their bios and read about them or get a hold of either one of them, it'll be on the website under the biography, guest biography section. So, Don, Doug, thank you very much today for joining me. Our pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for joining us. If you wish to speak with Fred or you want a transcript of this interview, send an email to podcast at stuartcoopercoon.com. See you soon.